Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 106 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is using tarot in a therapeutic setting. And my special guest is Jessica Dorr. Welcome, Jessica. Hey, Teresa. I'm so glad you're here today. Me too. Thanks for inviting me. It's exciting. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've been a big fan of your work since I began um, noticing your tarot card interpretations over on Twitter because they really do have such a nurturing, loving, empowering message. And it's mm-hmm. oftentimes very quite different than, you know, really traditional old tarot meanings. So I, I, that really caught my eye and mm-hmm. got me into your work. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I try. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it, it's interesting because you uh, work as a psychotherapist, but mm-hmm. you also, you know, incorporate tarot into your work. And I want to begin asking you, how did tarot first come into your life? I mean, where did your interest with tarot develop? Yeah, so my mom, who actually is herself a um, clinical social worker, um, she doesn't do psychotherapy, but she she's a social worker and she's been a social worker my whole life. She had a Rider Waite Smith tarot deck when I was growing up, and so I was exposed to it kind of here and there through her. She would pull it out, and just kind of threaten us with with readings, and and I I never really liked it as a kid. I was always kind of like get that away from me because I thought it was going to tell me something I didn't want to know. Um, <laughs> and then as I got uh, as I kind of got older, I, I, I found myself, I was living out in California, um, in Oakland, and I was working for uh, New Harbinger, which is a, a self-help and psychology book publisher. Um, and I had some colleagues there at New Harbinger who were really into tarot, and they were kind of like, let's start a tarot study group. And I was like, well, okay, I guess we can do it at my house, even though I didn't have a deck of cards or anything. Um, so they started you know, introducing me little by little to tarot. And I was, and I remember the cards, you know, they were using Rider Waite Smith um, decks as well. And I remember the images and they really kind of like resonated with me all those years later because I remembered them from, from growing up. Um, and at that same time, you know, I was working really heavily with all of these clinical psychology books. Um, I was responsible, I was working on the, like the clinical manuals. Um, so they're like protocols for how to treat different, mental health disorders through different kinds of therapies. Um, and those were the books that I was really working closely with when I was at New Harbinger. So I was learning tarot alongside also learning in depth about all these different psychotherapy models. And so they, they always were very connected for me just because they were these two sort of parallel tracks that I was studying and learning in, in, in my life. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that all happened. <laughs> well, that that's, you know, I always find it so fascinating how people come to tarot. And yeah. it's so interesting that your mom had um, a deck sitting around when you were younger. So I really yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me then um, how you began bringing tarot into your therapy sessions? Yeah, so, you know, I really, I'm I'm pretty new as a psychotherapist. Um, I'm, I'm, doing, you know, both psychotherapy and, I mean, my bigger practice is really my tarot practice. Um, I would say that the strength of my work is that I do, I have more tarot clients than I have psychotherapy clients at this point. I'm I'm currently working in 
in a hospital, a community mental health hospital. Um, and I don't really do tarot there right now. I, I, I mainly do, well, I don't do tarot there at all, but I, I've used tarot in, in other clinical settings in previous positions. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I realized early on when I started, you know, before I got into training to become a psychotherapist, before I got into graduate school, um, I realized early on through the tarot readings that I was doing for people that uh, people were coming to me as a tarot reader with a lot of the kind of the same things that people come to therapists for. You know, they're stuck or they, they're, they have a big decision to make, but they're afraid to make it or they're, you know, in a relationship or a job that they're really not happy in. Um, really that core thing of like being stuck, I was just seeing that over and over and over again. And it's the same thing that we, that we work with in therapy. So I realized, wow, you know, there's a lot of connection here in terms of this work. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just found the two to be kind of a natural pair and I, I wanted to learn more skills as far as actually doing psychotherapy with tarot clients, because I recognize that, you know, not everybody wants to go to a therapist, but right. people will go to tarot readers. You know, people will go to a tarot reader and, and you can do a lot of really good work in one session in terms of, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole field in, in psychotherapy of uh, brief interventions where it's like, there's this idea that, you know, actually many, many people go to therapy just once. They'll go to just one therapy session. So you always assume as a therapist, okay, I might never see this person again. I need to make this one session count. So as a tarot reader, there's a really is a lot you can do in one session, sort of like a brief intervention, if you if you want to think of it that way, to help people make change in their lives. Um, but you know, there's some skill involved in that, I think. Um, so. Right on. And <laughs> and you know, what what about people who don't want to make a change in their life? Because sometimes, you know, I don't know if you've come across it. I've come across that, you know, where people, they don't want to make a change in their life. They think that life just happens to them and they're just hoping, you know, that the cards aren't going to give them a healing. They're hoping that it's just going to unfold the future for them. Mm. Yeah, you know, I that's a good question. I I really in my work I I try to, you know, I have a thing on my on my website on the the section where you can book sessions that says I do not do predictions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people will often email me and say, "So I see that you don't do predictions. So, you know, what do you do?" Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, well, I you know, kind of I use the cards as a way to help you um gain insight, look at, you know, consider situations from new perspectives. Um, figure out, you know, help you make this difficult decisions and also kind of help you determine what are those things that might be getting in the way of making decisions for people who aren't interested in, in making change. Um, I don't know that that's really my, my market. Um, right. I, you know what I mean? It's not that I, that, you know, that no judgment on anybody that, you know, wants to get something different from a tarot reading. Um, the way that I practice tarot, though, I I really do emphasize, um, you know, I mean, the thing is, though, too, Teresa, is that sometimes, like, not everybody that I work with with tarot does want to necessarily make change or needs to make change. Sometimes right. people just need to be validated. And that's a huge mm. part of reading tarot, right? It's like the cards are very, very validating, um, they have the potential to be very validating and that's therapeutic as well. You know, yeah. a lot of times the work that I do in, in clinical settings, people just need to be told, you know, 
I hear you and I understand why you're you're at where you're at and and maybe you know you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing and, and Sarah can be really useful for that too. So it doesn't have to always be you know you're going to make some big change or you know something like that too. Right on. You know sometimes what I say to some clients is that Tara will often help bring out what what you already know mm-hmm. so that yeah. you can um, get that validation that you're on the right path or you can maybe get that information that says, hey, we need to make a change here. But with yes. stuff that we all know inside, and oftentimes, you know, we don't listen to our own inner voices. So I find with tarot, it really does help clients to acknowledge that part of themselves that really yes. has, you know, their knowing or, you know, whatever you might want to call it, their intuition, their instinct. Definitely. It helps. Definitely. Definitely. So, so when you work with clients, do they pull the cards or... And if so, do they pull them randomly, or do you encourage them to pick a card that draws them in? Both, actually. Uh, um, so I, I, I do a lot of group work. Like I'm really into group work, and I think tarot is really amazing as a therapeutic tool in a group uh, because it's very disarming. It's kind of fun. Um, it's a new way to, you know, you can do collaborative interpretations with people. It's very stimulating. Um, when I work with with clients individually, I don't, um, I, you know, if I'm doing a tarot session, I pull the cards myself. Um, but when I'm working with, with clients in, 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 it's more of a, it's actually a therapy session, not a tarot session. Then yeah, people, I encourage people to pull the cards on their own. Um, and I've done, like I said, I've done both where, you know, people will turn over. Um, I was working in a, an eating disorder um, a partial hospitalization program. So it was, you know, it was a group of people that were in this program um, for six hours a day, every day. Um, and they would do, you know, group therapy and individual therapy and all kinds of stuff. And um, in that group, you know, I would bring in cards and, and people would take their own deck and they would, you know, just like any, any of us would do, you know, turn the card, flip them so that you can't see them, draw the cards. But I would also do, okay, let's have all the cards face up. Now go in and pull out some cards that you think that resonate with you in terms of your experience with recovery, with, with you know, eating disorder or with, with, you know, whatever else it is that you might be working through. And both of those ways have been really fascinating and really, I think, really effective for people. Um, people are able to, you know, that's the thing. It's people who have no knowledge of tarot, who have no knowledge of what the cards mean. Are It's amazing how people are able to glean really, really powerful and effective um, and useful meanings for themselves without having any idea what the cards, you know, traditionally mean. You know, they're able to say, wow, this really, I had someone say the Nine of Cups, this, this resonates with, well, I guess I won't get into the details, but um, it, I, I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those those archetypes, they're universal, you know, yes. they're they're meant to tap in and everybody can recognize themselves at some point in their life as being mm-hmm. a nine of cups. Yes. I mean, I know for me, when I think of the, the nine of cups for myself, that's a time that tells me it's a time in my life where I'm feeling satisfied. I feel like at this stage, everything is lining up for me, that my work yeah. is now leading to a great, great place. Yeah. Whereas if I pull the nine of swords, I can look at that image. It's so vivid. In the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, there's a figure in bed. They've got their head in their mm-hmm. hands. And this yes. is really pointing out anxiety and worry. Yes. And Which, by the way, last night, I had all kinds of anxiety, and I was 
awake. Uh, I was awake for most of the night. And then mm. I had a bunch of great ideas, which is kind of like the other side of that mm. card. Yes. Yes. You know, but it's, again, it's an image. You can yeah. look at it. And just like you said, even if you're not a tarot reader, right. those yeah. images speak to us. Yes. Yeah, there was a client who... Um, I remember her saying she drew the empress and, you know, the empress is a mother archetype, right? So she said, you know, this is an eating disorder program. She said, you know, my eating disorder, I've, I've had this eating disorder for so long. It's been like a mother to me. Mm. It almost feels like it's been a mother to me. And, and that was just like, whoa, because she didn't, you know, I think she had some knowledge of the cards, but it's like that, like you're saying, it's like that, that archetypal energy, the way that we, we connect with it on a different level and that was a, a really important insight for her to have around mm-hmm. you know, something that was kind of blocking her from, from moving forward in her recovery. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, they're really, really powerful um, clinical tools, I think. I, I agree. And I find also sometimes when I'm working with a client or if I have a friend who does tarot, sometimes they will have an interpretation on those cards too mm-hmm. that really resonates and maybe I'll take it then into readings and work with clients. Like my friend Jillian, she has this uh, podcast called The Hamilcast, and she's actually also a tarot reader. She's uh, pretty smart about it. She told me one time an interpretation on the Nine of Wands that to me is, is such a therapeutic thing, and it also makes me think of Chiron in astrology. For the mm-hmm. Nine of Wands, she says, this is the wounded warrior. Yes. And I'm like, Wow. And there have been times when I've been doing readings with people and we're going really deep into emotional things. They pull this card and yeah. I start talking about that interpretation from Jillian and it really brings up so many great things to talk about. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So my last question for you. Oh, wait, actually I got two questions. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any particular spreads that you think are helpful in a therapeutic sense? No, um, I actually I don't. I <laughs> um, I I use a when I do tarot readings, I I do just like a the it's like a three rows of three, like a nine card grid, and a tenth card over to the left, and it's very straightforward. It's literally just three, you know, like I said, three rows of three. It's a grid. Uh, I like it because the cards kind of they engage with each other. They sort of talk to each other. You can see patterns. Um, mm-hmm. And and I do a lot of, like, this idea of, like, the, the cards representing aspects of the self or, or parts. There's a model of psychotherapy that I use a lot called internal family systems where, you know, you you, you consider this idea that, this, that, you know, who you are, it's not just this, like, unified self. It's like you're made up of all these different diverse psychological parts that have different wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that nine of wands that you were talking about, you know, that would be the part of you that, you know, puts up walls because it's afraid of, of intimacy because mm. it's, this person, this part has been hurt. This part carries the, the trauma of having been hurt in the past. And so it, it throws that wall up and, and, you know, really wants to connect but is scared, you know. So using the cards as representing different aspects of the, of the self, I find that spread to be useful because you kind of can see those parts interacting. And I think that's very useful in a therapeutic setting. Um, and then, you know, if, you, if I'm doing the work with people in the group, um, usually I just have people pull like three cards and, and, and try to keep it more simple just so that it doesn't overwhelm people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you yeah. know, too many cards sometimes in a group setting, I can see how that could be very overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So my last question for you, 
is what would be, I mean, this oftentimes my podcast here focuses for tarot readers, but, um, you know, there's been, like the, the Amberstones have been doing a lot of work around incorporating tarot for uh, therapy. And so what I'd like to ask you is what is your advice for any psychotherapist who might be listening in who are thinking about exploring working with tarot in their clinical practice? What, how might they get started? And are there any pitfalls that they should be aware of? Um, well, uh, not to be super salesy, but um, I actually just started teaching therapeutic tarot, um, a webinar, um, and and that's, I'm kind of talking about how to incorporate concepts from behavioral therapy, so like CBT, DBT, ACT, these are some of the more popular uh, therapies that are being used in, in um, contemporary psychotherapy rooms um, with tarot, so connecting those. Um, that's one thing, but you really don't need that. I mean, that's that's for people who are kind of nerdy and like want to know more specifically about the therapies and how you can connect them with the cards. Um, I would say, you know, having a get to know your cards first. It's it's sort of like if you're if you're a therapist and and you want to start to teach mindfulness to your clients, they'll always say, okay, that's great. Make sure that you practice mindfulness for a while before you start doing it with clients because you want to understand what's actually happening, what is that process, and so that you can understand what you're doing and not mm-hmm. just, you know, bringing something in and not really understanding the power of it or what it feels like. Um, so I would say, you know, making sure that you have a, a good connection with your cards or you've been practicing regularly. It doesn't have to be for a super long time, but, you know, you want to bring bring tarot into your sessions with clients, like, you should probably spend, like, maybe six months at least, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of like, I think people should study things probably longer than they need to, but. Oh, no, I'm um, the same. I'm yeah, the same. I'm yeah. all about that. You, you really want to know your subject inside and out. You don't want to, I also say you don't want to teach something that you just learned yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's a big thing for me. Um, but, you know, I understand too. And I think tarot can be, you know, if you, if you don't know the cards that well and you're, say, you, you got a deck six months ago and you're a therapist and you want to start bringing it into with your clients, like, cool, but make sure that, like, you know, make sure that you take a very flexible approach with the cards um, and let clients, you know, like maybe let clients do more of the interpreting and, mm. and kind of lean more on them to find meanings in the cards that are useful for them instead of, you know, you trying to tell them, oh, here's it. And really in, in a therapeutic setting, that's what you want to be doing anyway. You're, you're not, it's not about you giving answers. It's maybe you may ask questions mm-hmm. and help people come to answers on their own. But, um, you know, and that I think is a, is sort of a, a key difference in terms of like one of the, how I read tarot and how I start, how I read tarot when I started, which was, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff that these cards are saying. Like, I'm a tarot reader. A reader, right. you read the cards. You tell the person what they're saying. And um, the, the style of tarot that I practice is much more about asking, using the cards to ask questions because that's what we do in therapy. We want to ask questions that are going to help people come to their own realizations and conclusions. So I would, I would say that, too. But probably anybody who's practicing therapy kind of is already familiar with that style of, mm-hmm. of engaging with the client. And, you know, Mary Greer, who is such a tarot legend and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that I just look up to, she has something that she does with her clients, too, where it's it's like an interactive style of reading. Mm-hmm. And that really helps people then 
to not be sitting there being passive with their readings. Right. They're involved, they're engaged. It really gives it more of a holistic feel. Yes, yes, exactly. It's that idea of, um, you know, you you should never, the therapist should never be working harder than the client. Mm. And the client is, same with tarot, right? It's like if you really want people to be inspired to connect with the things that are important to them, to get something out of, you know, the work that you're doing together. You know, it's 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 just not as, I mean, maybe there are some people who who do better just like being passive and being told what to do. Uh, but I think in, in general, if you're looking at, you know, helping people make changes in their lives, helping people connect with what matters to them, you really want a lot of that to come from them mm-hmm. um, instead of just, I'll tell you what, you know, you need to do like that. That doesn't usually work in therapy. Um, and I don't think it really works that well in tarot either. It, it's again, it, I also have to say tarot is not a passive act. Right. We can see the potential of what may be ahead, but you still have to do the work. You still have to make decisions. And as a tarot right. reader, we have to always encourage people to make their own decisions and hopefully our guidance will help bring them into a healthy decision. Yes. Yes. Well, this has been such a great, great conversation, Jessica. And, you know, don't feel bad about being salesy. I really would love to direct people to these <laughs> classes because, you know, not only might psychotherapists benefit from your classes, but there might be tarot readers who would really mm-hmm. benefit from learning your method of reading. So could you tell people where they can find you and also where they could take some of these classes with you? Yes. Um, so my website is kind of a place to go. Um, it's just my name, jessicador.com. Um, I'm doing um, their their webinars um, once a, a month. Um, I'm doing therapeutic tarot for a small group of 10. So they, they do tend to uh, sell out um, pretty quickly. But if you, if you sign up for my email list, um, which you can do through my website, or if you follow me on Twitter, my handle is the Jessica Door, um, <laughs> you can um, kind of stay up to date with, you know, when those dates are announced. Um, so I do one therapeutic tarot class and I do one just tarot fundamentals class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have like a text-based online course that you can do at your own pace. And that's also tarot fundamentals. Um, and you can get that through the website as well. Um, yeah, those are, that. those are it. And I'm a little bit like, I'm not super high tech with my, <laughs> the, my classes and, and things that I'm that I'm doing, but it, you know my email address is on the website. So if you're you hear this and you're interested, you just shoot me an email and I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have about about that stuff. Awesome, and I will tell people to definitely get to your site and to follow you on Twitter because I really love your interpretations of the cards. You're doing something that I think is it's different, it's unique, and it is immensely helpful. So thank you so much for creating all this good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. I know you're, you're, you, you are also like a legend in the, in the tarot, <laughs> the tarot <laughs> community. And uh, it's, it's very cool for me to be like, you know, to be interviewed by you, to have the opportunity to talk to you and, and everything. So I thank you very much. I appreciate it a lot. You're welcome. I'm just delighted to share your work and this really important subject with my audience. So awesome, awesome indeed. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, 
and hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. Thanks again for listening, and have a beautiful day. And I always like to finish off by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day, and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.